Hi, my name is Allie Williams, and I am obsessed with all things business, building a life you love, and living via leaps of faith. I'm a 5-1 fireball of spunk and fun. Four years ago, I left my old Kentucky home via a 72-hour crowdfunding campaign to join an entrepreneurial program in Silicon Valley. Little did I know after, I would actually be learning in the best classroom, the world. From fun to failure to deep faith-forming seasons, I explored, built businesses, loved life, met a boy on an Instagram dating show, and realized I was finally ready to bet on myself. Now, I'm coming to you from North Carolina to teach you what my years of chasing success taught me. Life is not about beating or becoming anyone else. It's not about your income, accomplishments, or wins. It's about your integrity. The things you want simply lead you to accumulating the courage and character you crave. The process allows you to be exactly who you've always wanted to be. Here, we're focused on one thing, helping you live your best life. Yep, I'm indeed the hype girl you never knew you needed. So buckle up, because I believe you were created to change the world, but that requires you to believe it too. The question is, will you? Here, you're gonna discover how. So let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to Life Right Up Your Alley. Hello, and welcome back to the Right Up Your Alley podcast, you guys. I have such a treat for you. I have one of one, she was like my inspiration, but two, one of just like my favorite women to build alongside now, Felicia Romero on the podcast today. And you guys, we're going to be talking about something that so many of you actually ask me about, you talk about, even in like business and coaching sessions, we arrive to talk about body acceptance, body shame your body, and there's nobody else better to talk about this than her. So Felicia, welcome to the show today. I am so excited to be here on your podcast. I've been loving the episodes and I'm excited to to chat about this. It's something that is really like something that I've embodied the last five to eight years. And I feel so excited to talk about this and just pour that self-love and acceptance into your audience today. So thank you. Oh, I'm so excited and I can't wait for them to just receive. So we're going to start with your story. Can you share your background and just like where you came from and all of the little like fun details? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of in a nutshell, you know, knowing that this episode is about, you know, body acceptance and self-love, I'll take you down the journey of kind of like where my journey with my body and self-love kind of, kind of has taken me. So, you know, I went to Arizona state and I have my bachelor's and my master's in Arizona state. And I was an athlete there. So I've always you know, I've always kind of, you know, worked or excelled or, or competed towards something. And I remember during that time after softball was over, I felt this void, like I needed to continue to compete. And I remember seeing a sign in the gym for a competition. And with what I did to explain to the audience a little bit is I, I was an IFBB pro. So what that is, is like, you know, a beauty pageant with muscle is how I like to kind of explain it. And so when you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger and you think of the Olympia and what he competed in, that's what I was a pro in at a very young age. And so, you know, kind of diving into that world, I didn't grow up talking about calories, talking about carbs. I honestly do not ever remember my mom saying like, I'm going to be on a diet or talking about her body. I didn't grow up with that. I grew up in a, in a Mexican, you know, background, a Mexican family. And my mom actually wanted us to like eat more, like in my, in my culture, we show love by feeding, you know, my mom's always like, are you hungry? Can I bring you food? Like 
we never, ever like my, like it was never like, how many carbs are we eating? Like I never grew up with that. And so it wasn't until I got into my twenties and I started competing is when I got my first taste of body dysmorphia and binge eating. You know, I remember training for my first competition, my very first one. And four weeks before my competition, after I was on this like crazy strict diet, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I have my master's in exercise science, but I didn't know how to train for something like this, like a bodybuilding competition, fitness competition. And so four weeks before my show, I remember binge eating, like going crazy, like seeing red, a whole box of cereal. And I remember that was my first experience with a binge eating episode. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to compete. Obviously I was fine, you know, and one bad episode isn't going to like ruin everything, but I didn't know, I didn't have that awareness within me. And so fast forward to nine years of competing and nine years competing at a pro level where I am being judged by my body subjective, you know, like how I look, what isn't good, all the negative, like you need to work more on this. And so throughout that time, you know, I I competed, but I opened up gyms and, you know, I traveled all around the world speaking. I'm an eight time fitness cover model. But during that time, I didn't realize how much my body started to define who I was and my worth. And so, and it wasn't until the end of my competing where I had to move on. My health was suffering. I mean, I'll be completely honest. The competition world isn't the healthiest or sustainable for long periods of time. And imagine me, you know, early twenties, all the way up to like early thirties competing, you know, and, and on those crazy diets, my body was really messed up, not only my body, but my mental health as well. And so like, after I was done competing, I went through a period of time where I actually had to heal my body and myself. And I know we're going to be talking about, you know, that period of like self-love and self-acceptance and body shaming, but it took me three years to heal from that. Uh, Again, it garnered a lot of amazing experiences. I've got to do reality TV. I've got to speak all around the world. I am an eight time fitness cover model on covers of like flex magazine and muscle and fitness hers and the coveted oxygen magazine, but it also played a toll. And I remember getting to a place in my life, Allie, where I was like, I no longer want to be defined by my body. I have a voice and I have so much more to say than, you know, someone looking at me and judging me by how I look physically. And so that's kind of my story in a nutshell, when it comes to like the body image and the body dysmorphia and all of those things. Amazing to hear one, just like where you came from. And I think a lot of the times, obviously like trauma, doubt, shame, so many of the things that are more so a negative experience as a human are bred in child. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's just true. Right. Mm -hmm. But you can pick things up at whatever age and hearing that, like, I actually didn't know that you had grown up in such a body positive, even though that wasn't even a word when we were growing up, but Right. positive environment um, and how you can pick that up even with the best intentions, because that career of yours is something that people would have killed for, like mm-hmm. to do what you did. There are so many people who tried and probably just didn't mm-hmm. and looked up to you so much. And there's so many positives to that, but even the good can hold the bad or the unhealthy and understanding that that journey is something you can own and heal from. That's the most powerful part of that to me. And to be able to see you through the years, like you were always magical. You're just a unicorn in so many ways. And I remember the first time I met you, I was like, she's so special. And your voice 
is so special. And that's my favorite thing about you now as you've stepped into it. And so I know that anyone listening to this in their own way could really just find themselves in that story. So thank you for sharing it. And now I know before we dive more into just like talking about body acceptance and body shame and all of that, what is one thing someone would never guess about you? Ooh, one thing someone would never guess. Oh my gosh. I'm actually, okay. So I, I love to, well, I'm, I'm a baker. I love to bake. I, I can bake every day. I remember every Christmas. So there's this tradition in my family where I'm always the one that's bringing the desserts and I will like make the pie crust from scratch and I'll make the cookie dough from scratch. I won't buy like the store-bought. Like I love just the concoction of everything. So I'm known as the baker in the family and gosh, what else wouldn't someone know about me? I'm trying to think I'm actually really goofy. Like I have a goofy laugh. I used to make fun of my mom's laugh when I was a kid. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, why are you laughing like that? And I laugh just like her now. It's crazy. Isn't that so funny? Like the thing that you, you, you like don't like about a certain person in your family or your, your, your mom or your dad, you end up being just like that. So yes, for sure. I have those things too. And I'm sure anyone else can. And it's so sobering the moment you realize like, Oh, I just did that. I just sounded just like her, or I just did that. And you're like, Oh, cool. Humble. Sure. I'll hear myself laugh even on podcast episodes when I go back and listen and I'm like, Oh, I start to cringe. And I'm like, okay, mom, that, you know, even though I didn't love that quality about you now I have it and I'm sorry, I apologize, but I laugh just like you now. So yeah, it's so funny. I love that. That's so sweet too. Okay. So uh, now as you like walked us through your journey of coming to like body acceptance and just like, I think acceptance as a whole, what do you think switched? Do you Mm -hmm. know? I do. It wasn't like one thing where I was like, oh, everything's different now. It was accumulation of a lot over, you know, a period of time. But I do remember when it started to kind of make sense to me of like why we shouldn't necessarily focus so much on the physical self. And it was this, I was seeing a therapist at the time. I believe in therapy and I still see a therapist on and off to this day. And at that time I hired a therapist or started seeing a therapist because I could not get control of my eating. You know, the binge eating was out of control and it's so much more than the food. It was the, the restriction for so many years that I didn't know how to live in this place of it's okay, Felicia, like this food is available. Let's say pizza, for instance, like you can have pizza at any time. You're an adult. Like, why do you feel like if you have the pizza, you have to finish it all binge and then tell yourself, well, tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to, I'm going to eat perfect. Right. It's this whole idea of all in versus all out. And I was like, I need to really get a hold of this. And so I actually was starting to see a therapist about the binge eating. And what she also really helped me with was the body dysmorphia getting to the self-acceptance and the way that I saw myself. And it was because I was so used to people judging me by my body. And I was so used to attaching my worth to a weight that, as you know, I was lean, I was really thin, but I didn't equal healthy, you know? So I think for a lot of years, I thought thin meant healthy, that lean meant healthy. And it wasn't until I lived that and realized, wow, it's not. And it doesn't matter what size your body health is so much more than a physical look. And I was struggling. I had depression. I had anxiety. I had mental health issues and there is no amount of sacrifice or wanting to be thin that is worth my mental health. And so it was that switch of like, I remember waking up with 
like major anxiety. And I just wanted to go back to bed. Like I didn't want to face the day. And I'm like, life shouldn't be felt this way. And it was all kind of around my body. I had put on about 40 pounds over the course of gosh, eight weeks, because I was done competing and my body went the opposite direction that I went through this like major depression. And I, I kept thinking like, I got to get back down to whatever size I was. And it was finally this, this, like the slow switch that started happening that no amount of physical look is worth feeling depressed or anxious about this, right? There's so much life to be lived. And there's that quote, you know, uh, especially for a lot of mamas out there, I I haven't birthed a child yet. I'm I'm a stepmom, but you know, your kids don't care what you look like in a bathing suit. They want you to be out there with them and they want you to be present with them and playing, right? And it's like so true. Or how many social functions, how many birthday parties, how many vacations have you missed or turned down because you fear how you look, right? Or you don't love how you look. Like that really hits me, but that hits like home for me. Or how much mental space are you spending worrying about how you look or your weight or your body or what you're eating versus that mental capacity, that mental energy could be spent learning to play the piano. I have a piano right here. I just, I'm taking lessons or starting a new business or learning a new hobby or learning a language or traveling or doing renovations on the home. Like just think of, I think about how much mental energy was spent just on my body and exercise and food. Oh my goodness. Like so much time that could be spent serving me in a more positive way. And Mm -hmm. so all of those little things, Allie, just started to like, they started to add up and it started to like this gradual shift. And it wasn't until I fully kind of delve into, I don't diet. I don't watch what I eat. I don't count calories. I truly just intuitively eat. And I know that's hard because most people are like, well, if I just intuitively eat, I would just eat donuts every day. And actually you wouldn't, it would, it does, it's not that way. Right. It's because I used to hold those foods on foods on a pedestal that that's all I thought about. Now there is no hierarchy with food. There's no moral attachment to food for me anymore. So that means I actually like, I actually want to feel good. So what foods are going to allow me to feel good? And that's what I gravitate towards with no rules, no, you know, so it's, it's, it was like this gradual shift over time where now it's like, I'm fully embodied in that. And it's like, there's this embodiment that has happened now where it's just commonplace for me now. Mm, That's so good. And there, I think being able to share that, thank you for sharing that shows because it shows that one, there's no switch. You're not just going to wake up one day mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, okay, perfect. I'm going to heal. It's it's those multiple things that all pile up that mm-hmm. then allows the balance to, you know, go in a different direction and you to yeah. crave change and understanding too. This was a huge thing I learned when healing from my eating disorder mm-hmm. that like you're allowed to be whole, right? Like it, I'm actually allowed to accept my body Mm-hmm. when I, when it's not necessarily quote, like quote, what I want unquote. Right. Or I'm allowed to, you know, feed my body when it is here where I want it to be or not. And I'm allowed to feel good and you don't have to look or be a certain way to be accepted, but that really starts with you. And so it's so funny because people want a black or white answer when it's never that. And no. I think most magical parts of life are like that, right? It's not yeah. black or white. It's in the gray area. Yeah. Healing is not linear 
I will say that. And it's this, it's this awareness that you must have. Right. And I even still, sometimes I'm like, I question myself, like, for instance, I'll give you an example. Like if Keith and I go out to dinner and you know, I'm, I'm a fitness coach, I've been a fitness coach for so long. I mean, that's what I have my degrees in. I own gyms for so long. And so I have this level of awareness around health and wellness and fitness and all of the things. And so Sometimes I even, and I remember speaking with a therapist on my podcast, actually, and we were talking about this. She's an emotional, she's an eating disorder specialist therapist. And so we were talking about this and, and sometimes I, I, I have to catch myself like, is this because I appreciate, you know, like wellness or I'm just being conscious about what I'm eating or is this like disordered thoughts, right? So like, for instance, when I go out to dinner with Keith and, you know, I'm ordering, let's say we go to Texas Roadhouse, which we went a couple of weeks ago and I'm ordering the food and I'm having some bread. It's like, sometimes I'm like, oh, if I have this bread, maybe I shouldn't have the carb with my meal. Right. And so like that pops in my head sometimes. And so I have to be, have this level of awareness and truly ask myself, well, actually Felicia, it's not about having two pieces of carbs or having, do you really want the carb with dinner? Like feel that. Is it something that you really want? Do you really want that Mac and cheese Have it, Right. Or is it coming from a place of, is this my disordered thoughts popping in? Like, have I fully healed this? And so I think that the fact that I'm even aware of it, catch myself. And that I know that it's not coming from a place of lack or a place of like, Oh, I need to do this because if I don't, then I may gain weight or I may do this. Like I have to catch myself and sometimes be like, Oh, no, actually, no, I do want the Mac and cheese and I'm okay with that. Right. And so there's just this level of awareness that comes in and it's with anything, right? Like whether if you're on this like healing journey with relationships, it's like this, you know, this surrendering, you know, you know, one of the lessons for me in this world, I feel on this journey for me has been relationships with my romantic partner and, you know, being triggered by my romantic partner, right? His name's Keith, we're, we're engaged. And sometimes if I didn't do the work and I didn't do the inner healing, I would just be so reactive of those triggers, right? Like, oh my gosh, he said this, or I, you know, he's doing this and he may have a totally different perspective, but it may be a trigger for me. I have to learn how to just pause and sit with that trigger, right? That is, that is the work. That is the healing. It's like not resorting back to the old Felicia and being super reactive and super snappy. It's like, okay, let me sit with this. What does this mean? Why is this triggering me? And that is hard. It's hard work but it's doing the work and that is on your road to healing. Can I, I'm, I'm react. I'm, you know, I, my reactions are always perfect. No, but I do have a level now of like, you know, I can give myself compact grace to know of, okay, I, 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 I didn't want to do that. How can I do this differently next time? And you have to want to do the work. You have to like, want to, to be aware of that and be part of that healing journey. 100%. And I think one thing I, I teach a lot of the women that I'm able to pour into in this, it's what you're saying. It's just like, it takes courage to ask yourself questions and it takes courage to have that awareness, even to have those conversations with yourself. But the most courageous thing is understanding like, Hey, you can come toward this from a place of like curiosity mm -hmm. and you can like always be working instead of just judge yourself and like put yourself in this box. And I'm just a reactive biatch. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. right you're yeah. no you're you're triggered by this thing when you're eating or with your partner or when you're working or whatever that is let's understand why instead of just decide that you're this label you know and i think that in itself is so healing too like hey you're you're allowed to have that conversation and you don't have to wear the label of like 
how you've reacted. Even if you've reacted in that way multiple times, you're always able to grow and change and heal in new ways, no matter your age. Yeah. And so that brings up such a good point. And I have done so much of this work in this last year and it's the shadow work, right? It's that shadow work of like not judging those feelings because we all have the shadows. So if we were to take, you know, your listeners right now, I know that we're talking about, you know, the body image and, and body shame and things like that. It's like, okay, so, you know, take a look at those, those things that trigger you. Like, let's say you were scrolling online and you have your own, maybe things, the way that you feel about your body, that you know, you have your own stuff with it, right? Inner stuff. And you're scrolling and then you see a woman who, you know, maybe you judge her body or maybe you're judging what she's wearing or what she's doing or what she's saying. It's like, can we just sit with that and like ask yourself, okay, this is just my shadow self and we all have it. And like, what is this teaching me? Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and, and really like leaning into that, you know? And so that's where, that's where the work comes in and that's where we get to. And that's why I don't, I'm going to be completely honest the last couple of years, I, I realized that I recognize that I rarely comment on women's bodies anymore, if not ever, because I see and feel, cause I know how I felt when I was complimented. And when people were like, Felicia, you're looking so good. Little did they know I was like stressed out of my mind and I had mental issues and, and I had eating disorder and I had all of these things. And I'm like, little do you, do you know, like I'm dealing with all this stuff under the surface, but you are seeing my body and, and like complimenting me that can subconsciously sort of lead, lead you down a road of, of unhealthy thoughts towards how you look. And, and again, defining yourself physically. So I'm very cognizant of that. And I rarely ever now comment on women's bodies because you never know what they're going through. Yeah, it's so true. And that is true in everything too. And you'll, you kind of, as you grow and learn, I've noticed that too. Like I'll scroll and I'm like, oh, she looks so great. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it, it's funny. Like you can all of a sudden like have these positive thought patterns and then also lose the like that necessary feeling of like, you look so great. You know, it's almost like, okay, cool. I can like positively observe the world, which is like yeah. a really beautiful step. And then also like my affirmation isn't necessary. I can just, just see you and like say hi, because I know that feeling too. Like I, I would be so skinny. I remember my mom one time was like, you look great when I came home from college and I hadn't eaten in four days. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was so hungry. I was like waiting for dinner and I was like contemplating, will I eat or not? And yeah. she was like, you just look so great. And I was like, mm, I guess I'm going to restrict. I'm going to go see Kara and tell her I'm going to get Panera and not, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, you never know what someone's going through. And that can seem like a tall order to not comment. Cause I think that also could yeah. And then the thing is, it's not like we're ever ill-intentioned. It's not bad intention. And, and this is another awareness. I love my girlfriends. And yesterday we got, we got together for coffee to get outside of the house monotony. We meant to actually meet up to work, but we didn't work. We just talked. And the conversations that we have are like, even yesterday were around boundaries. We're around this, right? This, like this, this topic of these kinds of conversations, which just totally light me up. Right. And so it's not like it's bad intentioned. You know, my mom is still in that kind of frame, like, Oh my gosh, you, you got thin, you look so good. She's still in that. She, cause she's in that older generation. Right. And that, and so I catch that I'm like, mom, you know, we probably don't need to really comment on her body. You know, she, she is glowing or she's doing, you know, it's like, we don't need to do that. 
but I was having conversations yesterday with my girlfriends and around like the toxic positivity. And it was, it was a, it was a realization for me. And I remember this moment, it was a couple months ago and I still like, I can feel it. And I'm like, Oh, I wish I handled that differently because I am just at my core a very positive person. Okay. Just I'm positive. Just that's how I am. I wake up, you know, just positive. I haven't always been that way, but you know, as the last couple of years, it's really just been that way. And I was hiking and there was a man hiking and I was with my girlfriend and we were, we were going up the mountain or actually we were coming down and a guy was going up and he was by himself. And he just looked, he just didn't, he looked like he was angry and just kind of in his own world. Right. And I said, you know, we were walking and I say hi to everyone that's walking up. Hey, you know, how are you doing? You know, hope you're having a good day. And he's like, well, I'm not, I'm not having a good day. And I said, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, the world is, you know, we, we are, no, I said, we all have a choice. We can make it, we can have a choice to be happy. Right. And so I it was coming from a really well-intentioned place and he's like, well, yeah, I guess so. And he just kept walking. And so like me being so self-aware of like, okay, well, let me break down this conversation. And that's just how I am. I'm a, I'm a very empathetic person. And so like, as I started to feel that, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I was, I was talking to my girlfriend. I was like, oh, he's human. Maybe he had, maybe he lost his wife yesterday or maybe he lost his job today, you know, and he came to the mountain to walk it out. Like, we can be human and sit with human emotions. And if we choose, if I choose today to have a bad day and Hey, I'm just going to grieve today and have a bad day. That's okay too. Like we're human and we can go through all the feelings. Right. And that was like a, a major. And I think as humans, we go through this and the more that we slow down, the more that we think about these things and, and really like live in the moment, you, you, you'll realize you'll start to catch yourself in these moments. Like, oh, I maybe could have handled that a little bit differently, right? Or, or and then we can do better next time, right? Yeah. And so like, you know what? I could have just said, hey man, sorry, you're having a bad day and that's it. And or I could have just not said anything and just like had like that fertile listening because honestly, most people just want to be seen and just want to be heard. Yeah. You don't have to always have a response. And so- that is like, again, around the whole, even just the body shaming and that it's just this level of awareness. And so I think that should, those are just all powerful lessons that we get to experience as humans. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I yeah. love that. And I think it's good to even discuss that because I've done that too. I'm very naturally positive and you can do that with your body. Like you, you could apply all the things as we go through this conversation and, and just be like, you know what, today I'm going to accept me and do these things. And if you have a bad body day, because we all have them like welcome to humanity. And you're like, I feel great. I feel great. I feel great. Your feelings aren't validated. The feelings are there to tell you something. Those feelings need to tell you that so that they can then be taken care of in whatever form they need. And then you can grow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being able to validate and feel a feeling is a superpower. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to do that for other people, but yeah, it's hard. You can't, sometimes have that awareness or when you're on the trail and you know like oh your feelings are valid like some people are like okay you know Um, so there's no perfect way to do it but that's such a cool story and it's it's true and like allowing yourself to be in your process and observe your feelings even if they're negative is truly like the key to growth it truly is you know and so now I want to know for someone who's listening if they've made it this far, I want them. And I know that you want them to accept their bodies. 
Mm -hmm. I, that's, that's all I want for any, I just want you to accept yourself today and understand that the present moment is so powerful. And there's a reason that you have it. And there's a reason that you are walking through this. There's a reason you're drawn to this episode. There's a reason your body is what it is. Mm -hmm. And so in that, do you just off the top of your head, have any advice, like three things that someone could do today easily to just like feel better and feel like they've accepted their body a little bit more. Mm. Put me on the spot. I know. I know. <laughs> this is like a great question, but it's tough because it's like, you know, it's everybody's experience is different. And so like the natural, you know, response for me is like, you know, speak the way that we speak to ourselves, I think is so, it's such a powerful thing. And I think noticing and catching yourself, and this is, I know we talked about awareness so much during this episode, but like catching yourself when those thoughts do come in and like, how can we reframe this? How can we reframe our thoughts towards, oh my God, why can I just fit into these jeans? You know, like, let's say you're putting your jeans on and you're like, oh, I just don't like the way these look like, how can we reframe this? And I know I, I have a lot of, you know, I'd had a lot of clients who were moms who were very like shaming of their bodies after having babies. And it's like, how can we reframe the way that we feel like your body's so strong and powerful? You held a human in your body, right? So I think simple reframes can be a really, really powerful, again, doing the work, because if you're used to sitting in negative feelings or like in bad feelings, habitually, subconsciously, we'll get that, we'll go back to that place. So I think being conscious and, and having those, you know, reframes close to you, maybe having, I have notepads everywhere around my house because I'm always writing myself little things and like having those reframes near you, right? And then truly just looking at yourself in the mirror, like really looking at yourself and like, what are like two or three positive things that you can say about yourself today? Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds so cliche and just like maybe even a gratitude practice because we hear it all the time but it really is life-changing. Like it is like when I do my gratitude practice and I'm really feeling it, like my worries sort of dissipate, you know, like the whole, like, Oh, well, you know, I, no one signed up for this program and my launch, like that gets to dissipate because I get to focus on the gratitude of what I have now. Guess what? I actually do have money in my bank account that I can buy food today. Like, okay, this launch didn't go well, maybe because I'm not sure if you have women in your community who are like business owners and things oh, like that. Sure. Yeah. Like, oh, this launch didn't go well, or my post, you know, you know, just no one, no one engaged in my post or no one signing up. It's like, when I come back to my gratitude practice, I realize that I have everything that I need already within me. And I have everything that I need material wise. Like I, I have money that I can go and buy food at the grocery store. Like it really becomes this very mundane thing, but it's, it's so powerful. So, mm -hmm. so powerful. Mm -hmm. So good. I love that. And those are actionable and, and not, it's not too positive, which I think is really beautiful too. Yeah. Well, that, see, I was conscious of that. I'm like, I could go down this route of just like the too positive. Right. But it's like, you know what, it, it can actually just be super simple and it can just be these simple things we can just in our mind that we can make it, you know, make that little switch because we all have access to that. We all can do that. It's all, we all have it within us. Mm -hmm. And it's a choice too. Mm -hmm. Like that, all of those things, I love them. It's a choice and it's okay if it's scary. Mm -hmm. And one thing I talked about last year, when I moved from California to North Carolina, I ended up gaining quite a bit of weight. And I had like lost a lot of my muscle because the gyms were closed in LA and I still did like body weight workouts. But when I got here, I just 
was so engrossed in my work and just getting everything on track to what felt really good in my business. I, I put that away. I allowed myself to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to focus on these things because they're really demanding and I'm going to do them well and my body can wait. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I needed, I would, you know, wake up and I, I would like feel my like new pieces of skin sticking mm-hmm. to each other or like, oh, that's a new role. And something that really helped me was just looking at myself. This is so funny. I can't believe I'm like telling the world this, but I would just stand in front of the mirror naked. And yeah. instead of being like letting it not be seen and being like, oh, that's sticking together. That's a new feature. Ew, that feels gross. Yeah. I would just go look at it and allow myself to be curious and be like, wow, I didn't know when I gained weight, it would do that. That's really interesting. Why did that bother me? Does that actually have any weight? Mm-hmm. Yes or no. If, if I was like, yeah, that affects how I see myself and it really sucks. Okay. What can I do about it? I can go walk today. You know what I mean? But it's like, you must take the, the gravity out of it by being able to just look at it and all people, it's like, we just want to be seen and known. Like you just said, and every human expression is a expression of love or a cry for help. Mm-hmm. So if I have a negative thought, maybe I just need some help walking through that, you know? So everything you just said is really what got me through. And it's been so cool to be able to get back into it. It's been such a treat sometimes. So too, if you're afraid to start being in the gym is the largest blessing that I have in this season of my life, because I have the space for it and the security and it feels good, you know? So that's available right there. That, that right there, it's like not doing the thing we can apply this to all different aspects of, of life, but not doing the thing. And let's say it is exercise and like finding the joy in it and finding what you love, but not doing it because you feel like you have to, or doing it because of, of that body goal. Right. Which again, you can still have body goals and still love your body at the same time. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge believer in that, but also finding the joy in the movement, right? That we have these like beautiful bodies that we can move and we can walk and we can dance and we can, you know, it's like, it's like, that's, that's a blessing, like you mentioned. And so like finding the beauty and the joy in that and doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. And if you can't do that, just allow yourself to do the work in the areas you can. Mm -hmm. And I promise you it will spread Mm because that was a lot last year. I needed to pay off debt Mm-hmm. And I needed to grow my businesses. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew that like, in order to feel secure, those are my two priorities mm-hmm. and they got all of me. And then when they became stable, I had space to then grow into the next phase of my life and area of my life and the next and the next. So look at what's in front of you, figure mm-hmm. out what's going to make you feel stable. Understand your body is doing a lot of work for that to happen. And it's mm-hmm. very worthy of praise mm-hmm. in that process and really beautiful things will happen. And you've done that just over and over in such big ways. And that's a huge reason why I just like, I'm always cheering you on and I look up to you so much. So thank you for coming on this episode. Absolutely. This was so, so fun. I feel like we could talk about this forever, but yeah, this was, this was a treat. This was great. Thank you. Absolutely. You guys, if you want to go check out all of the amazing things that Felicia does, she has a podcast. She's an incredible coach and she just is a light in so many ways. Then you can go down below to the show notes. And then we are just so thankful. We hope that you felt enlightened by this. We hope that this blessed you and we cannot wait to see you put at least one of these practices into action in knowing that you can. It's available. It's right here. And so, we're cheering you on. Thank you for being here and have an incredible day right up your alley.